Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Hi, my name is Stan Pons, and I'm the host of Make It Clear and the president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Thank you for listening to the daily Bible teaching here on Make It Clear. From time to time, I want to bring to you Bible teachers and friends from seasons of yesterday and today who had a great influence in my life, hoping they'll add value to yours as they did mine. Well, today's guest Bible teacher and author is Dr. Mark G. Cameron. As a young boy, he came to faith in Christ through the ministry of Billy Sunday, and then later in life, he worked side by side with W.B. Riley and the Northwestern Bible Schools in Minneapolis, and then with Lee Roberson at Tennessee Temple in Chattanooga. Then Dr. Cameron became the vice president of Florida Bible College when it began in 1962. Did you know he was one of the most popular Bible teachers at Florida Bible College because of his love for Jesus Christ, his love for the Word of God, his love for Jewish people, founding Seaside Mission to Jewish people in Miami, and of course to all of us as students. We'll never forget his love for his beloved wife, Miss Mary. I learned Bible doctrines and hermeneutics from his class at Florida Bible College and from his books. And today, my friends, I am happy to have you listen to one of his past messages, and hopefully you'll be as blessed from it as I was. But here's my guest today, Dr. Mark G. Cameron. Thank you so much. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> oh, thank you ever so much. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Preacher. Thank you for your gracious acceptance here this morning. You know, we love the United States and how we do this morning. We are bringing in the United States and the Word of God. What a country we have. This is a place that we know that God himself allowed people to come for the freedom of worshiping of him. And that is being carried on, though we have many universities, many seminaries denying the Lord that has bought them. But yet we find out that that is the character of uh, the American. Now, the American is not just one individual, or we'd say like this, one nation, because we are the melting pot and all of us come together. But we all have that same philosophy right now. We'll clothe the world if it needs naked. We'll feed the world if it's hungry. Even like in Cambodia, we've got our big trucks out there and they won't even let us go in to feed their starving thousands. The United States is so gracious to all the uh, nations of the world, even gracious to its enemies. There have been so many of our enemies lately that therefore we have gone there when they were deplored in a horrible condition, when they were at their wits end, the United States has come in. Now they're excelling the whole world in their manufacturing. We say, God bless them. And we have a lot of foreign students here. And therefore, we say America welcomes you. And you know that. Some of you may become citizens. We hope you will. But yet, with the gospel of the Lord Jesus, you can go back to your own country and have an audience that no, may we say, the rest of us could ever have. But where do we find... Therefore, the United States in the Word of God. Now, here we are for the last 20, 30 years, feeding so much of the world. 
pouring billions of dollars into one country after another and have them to kick us out after so many years. Oh, we thought that we were the friends of the world until this Iranian situation uh, broke out. And overnight, we became the enemy of the world. We have been uh, experiencing in the last few days what Israel has been experiencing for 2,000 years. Rejection by the world. Very few countries love Israel and the Jew. Very few. Very few churches will have a thing to do with the Jew. Here he is away from his land, of course, because they broke the law of God. God says, you break my law, I pluck you out of the land where you dwell and put you into the land of your enemies, and there I will give you a trembling heart. And at evening thou shalt say, with God we're morning and morning. Thou shalt say, with God we're evening. And Israel, even here, even born again, Jewish people, we find even among our own constituency here with the seaside mission, they have a trembling heart. They do not know when anti-Semitism shall break out here in America. Now we're finding out all over the world, it's demonstrated how they hate the United States burning uh, the image of Uncle Sam in effigy, therefore taking our American flag, carrying garbage in it, destroying it, burning it. That's how much they think of us. Well, so has been with Israel for 2,000 years. So we're getting just a little taste of what it means to be despised. And here we... As far as we know, I haven't done anything but just, therefore, try to help the world. But anyway, such a great nation as this. Is there any place in the United States that has, that has to do with Israel? There are many who've come out in the past uh, months and years and brought out such passages of the 18th chapter of the book of Isaiah, which is talk about the nation that lives beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. That come from afar in their great ships, uh, bulrushes and so forth, who come therefore to a people that is peeled and tries to take over Israel. And they say that's the United States. We find that there's another. Will you look over here in Ezekiel 38? And we want to give this to you. There are those who come out and say, well, what about uh, in the United States right in this? During World War II, we had a lot, just before we went into the conflict with the Allies, we had many, many uh, Canadian pastors to come down to America, and many of the uh, pastors and preachers and teachers, laymen, lay leaders of England, come over here and try to solicit our support for England. And every one of them used this 38th chapter of Ezekiel to show that the United States and England is in the Word of God. Oh my, how I heard that. Well, you look there in the 11th verse, and we know this is during the 70th week of Daniel, because the 8th verse says the latter years, the 16th verse says in the latter days. And we know that the 70th week of Daniel is divided into two sections right after the Antichrist confirms his covenant with many for three and a half years. Oh, it's going to be a peaceful time for Israel. But then after three and a half years, 
the Antichrist shall break his covenant and scatter the people once more. Now, here in the 11th verse lets us know what part this is going to be. This is when Magog, and we know Magog is Russia. And then her satellites are Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, Gomar, and Togomoth. Togomoth is Asia Minor, Armenia, and that's Turkey today. We know that Gomar is the eastern part of Germany because the western part has always been with Rome. And it's that way today. We find that Libya is all all for Russia because they kicked us out about seven years ago out of their our air bases there. Then we find there is Ethiopia. They got rid of Haile Selassie a few years ago. They broke their treaty with Israel, and now they are with with Russia. And we saw this a few months ago. And there were tens of thousands of soldiers, and we've learned by magazine articles and so forth that there are 50,000 Ethiopian soldiers fully equipped by Russia, and they say this, that Russia is going to use these soldiers for her army of Africa. So Ethiopia is there. The only one, as we brought out here the other day, that it's not with Russia right now, but she's getting there fast, is Persia. And what is Persia? Iran. Oh, my, how people said, you, you've gotten, you missed that one some years ago because Persia is so wealthy and they buy 10 to 20 billion dollars worth of supplies from us a year and they're for us using American equipment. I said, I don't care how much American equipment they're using, they're going to be with Russia. Never did I dream in such a short time to get rid of the Shah. Now they have, they're making this a religious war, but we are finding out the death throes of a nation before it goes all the way with Russia. There they are. Now we find that this is when Magog comes to take us fall. Look there in the 11th verse and it tells you just what part, whether the first three and a half years or the last three and a half years. And I shall say I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. This is Russia, Magog. I will go to them that are at rest, underscore rest. Israel is not at rest right now. That dwell safely, underscore that. Israel is not in that condition right now. She will be when the Antichrist confirms the covenant. And as I've gone over this passage here in the 39th chapter, hundreds, yea, thousands of times, I find out that Israel does not have an army. Israel does not even have a soldier. She has made a treaty with the Antichrist, seemingly, who guarantees her rest and safety. And so this is when the invasion comes by men on horses, bows and arrows, staves, shields, and covers the land in a moment of time. Now here it comes. Now the twelve. To take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thy hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods and dwell in the midst of the land, Sheba and Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof. Now right there, the young lions. Oh, to hear these great men, and they are great men, if I to tell you the names of those who spoke to us from Canada and from England, said there will always be an England, there will always be an America. The young lions, they say the young lion or the lion is used by England as a symbol of their nation. Let the lion roar, we've heard. 
So we find out that they said that, that as America speaks English, and that is our basic language, that therefore the young lines including England and America. And so therefore we'll be always together. What they wanted us to do, to try to get to our congregations and say, let's get on the side of the Allies. But you know, we go over here to the 19th chapter of the same book of Ezekiel, and God tells us who the young lions are. Now, they, they're trying to show us where the United States is in the Word of God. Over here in the 19th chapter of Ezekiel, same, same author, same Holy Spirit, same condition, and speaking about the same thing. The first verse there says, Moreover, take thou up a lamentation for the princes of Israel, and say, what is thy mother, a lioness? She lay down among lions, she nourished her whelps among young lions. Even Mr. Schofield, I don't have the new Schofield, but the old Schofield Bible puts that lamentation for the princes of Israel. Who are they who say, why have you come to take a spoil? The princes of Israel, not England and America. Well, now lately, in the last three or four years, some of these, what I mean, good preachers, great preachers, I prayed for some of them for years. Love them. They've come out and said, such a country as the United States must be in the Word of God somewhere. So now they're saying that the United States is, is uh, Babylon, Babylon the Great. No, seen there in the 13th, 14th, 17th, and 18th chapters of the book of Revelation. And I begin to say, all right. God says she's the mother of harlots. Where do we come in on that? No, and I said, where is the river Euphrates? Well, they said, that doesn't make any difference. Well, I want to know if we, we are babbling. Surely there be some semblance to this woman, which is the religion of the world. We frankly believe it's the world church during the first three and a half years because it's going to be destroyed by these men that follow the Antichrist, and they shall hate her and eat her flesh and give their power unto the Antichrist. Even he, the Antichrist, shall go at the end of that three and a half years down to the temple, puts his throne into the temple, and say, I am God, this is the abomination, then that which maketh desolate when he destroys the temple, so he does away with the world church. And with Israel, Judaism, he's it. I am God. Then there's one government. He's the head of it. Now, as we begin to say, where is the United States in the Word of God? Here is one of the greatest keys to know the prophetic uh, years in the Word. There at and the time of Daniel, when he's in Babylon, God speaks unto him and tells him that there are 70 weeks, should be 70 we, uh, sevens. And we know a seven is a period of seven years. Is used in the word when Jacob worked for Rachel for a seven, seven years, and got Leah, and then he worked another seven and got Rachel. So we know it means there are seventy sevens, and there are seventy seven years. So there at seventy times seven is four hundred and ninety years. God gives a starting point, and it began just a few months after God gave this great uh, uh, prophecy to Daniel. And it's right in Daniel's time. From Daniel's time on, it says 77 or 490 years are determined upon thy people, Israel, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to do away sin, and to anoint the most holy. 
The Lord Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, both meaning anointed one. When he came to this earth, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, but he has never been acclaimed as the anointed one of the universe, but will be when he comes at the end of the tribulation. So God's saying, 490 years now, Daniel, and the millennium will be here. The starting point is when the edict is given to build back Jerusalem. So therefore we know that Artaxerxes, Nehemiah the second chapter, gave the order to build back Jerusalem. God says, play ball Israel. So the stopwatch was punched. You've got 490 years and the millennium will be here. But also in that ninth chapter of Daniel, speaking of this, tells us that Messiah shall be cut off in 483 years. And he was. He died for our sins, was buried, rose again for our justification, and ascended unto glory to be our intercessor 483 years after Artaxerxes gave the order to build back Jerusalem, leaving seven years. So many say that those seven years continued right on. If they did, we're in the millennium now. There's no wars. Devil is chained. And we brought out so many times, and one man says, if he changed, he chained to me. Another one says, if he changed, a mighty long chain, you see. Well, anyway, here we find, here we find that, that seven years, what happened? God punched the stopwatch and said, time out, Israel. Do you have scripture for that? Yes, they came to the Lord Jesus 40 days after he rose from the dead and said, Lord, will thou restore the kingdom again to Israel? Are you going to do it now? It's not for you to know. And then he told them after they received the Holy Spirit, they're going to all the world. It's going to take a time element in there. A long time, we have found out. And as James says in the 15th chapter of the book of uh, Acts, when they sent those people at Antioch, sent down Paul, Titus, and several others, and the, many of their believers see whether the Gentiles had to become circumcised and become Jews before they could get saved. Paul said they talked no, not for an hour. And finally, Peter got up and he said, I want you to know that God used me first to go to the Gentiles, to Cornelius. And I gave the word of God to them, and they received the Holy Spirit even as we. And we believe that we can be saved even as they. That is only by faith. Why put upon them a yoke which we and our fathers were able to bear? The law. James, high brother of the Lord, got up to give the decision. He said, you have heard by the mouth of uh, Simon, Simon Peter, Simeon, how that God at the first used him to go out to get a people for his name from among the Gentiles. And to this agree the word of the Lord, book of Amos. After this... After I get a people for my name from among the Gentiles, I will return and will build again the foundation of the tabernacle of David that is fallen down. In other words, the millennium will be set up. And the glorious kingdom of David be restored with the Lord Jesus, therefore reigning. But see, we're in this time now of going out and getting a people from among the Gentiles for his name. 1900 years. There is only that period 
of seven years that is left for Israel. Now remember, from Daniel's time on, all prophecy for Israel is going to happen in those 490 years. If those things have not been fulfilled as yet at the time of the Lord Jesus, then they're all going to be fulfilled there in the 70th week of Daniel. He said, look there at the stones. Not one stone is going to be upon another. Got upon the mount there, and they say, tell us when shall these things be? Next, what shall be the sign of thy coming? Third, the end of the age. All three are going to happen about the same time. So he tells them what's going to happen. Well, don't you think Titus destroyed the temple there and that he fulfilled it? No, there are thousands, tens of thousands of stones still upon another. The east wall is still intact. The west wall is still intact. The south wall is still intact. And the herald, that is the whole building of which the Lord Jesus was speaking about, the temple site is still there with a cistern still there. The ones that Solomon built, the ones that Herod built. What was the cisterns used for? To catch the water, to flush out the blood of the sacrifices. And they're there, they're full. I've drunk of them. The, the cisterns are still there waiting. Oh, the temple site's biggest 14 football fields. The Dome of the Rock is there, but the temple proper, the sanctuary, was destroyed by Titus. But the others intact. And we're looking forward, and we may get to see it before the rapture, that temple being existing. Why? Because the things that were existing at the 69th week when Jesus died will be existing when the 70th begins. To do, show you that, two, thousand, two million, big part. Two million four hundred thousand Jews were in the land at the time of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. After 1900 years, the Jews are back in the land. And how many Jews are there there? Two million four hundred thousand. Getting ready for the 70th week of Daniel. The temple was standing when the 69th week of Daniel was at an end. You can rest assured that the temple will be standing when the 70th week of Daniel begins. We may see the erection of that. Well, Brother Cameron, I've been told that the t a temple cannot be erected until after the rapture. By the same token, these great men, I'm telling you, the great ones, that I said the feet of, said that Israel could not be a nation until after the rapture, but they've been a nation since 1948. What are we going to see in these ne next few months? Oh, it's going to be great. Isn't it marvelous that... Uh, Israel has not told what they want out of all these negotiations yet. She has said this, we'll not give up Jerusalem. She wants world opinion to build back her temple. Oh, yes. The temple site is that. All they have to do is put up the uh, the structure on top, and they'll have it. Now, well, what are you getting at now? Everything for Israel is going to be in those 490 years. The time between the 69th week and the 70th week, we find out that things in the Bible does not even bring about. The United States is in that period. Well, is the United States mentioned in the 70th week of Daniel? The only place that we can find that it might be named is when it says, And the Lord shall gather all nations against Jerusalem. Compass it, destroy it, scatter the people. The only place you'll find that the United States, if she is existing in the tribulation, is in the nations of the world. 
Then we find over there in Revelation, the 11th chapter, and this should be singular, and the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, a one-world government made up of all of these ten nations as we do know. Now, where is the United States? It's not mentioned there at all. Not mentioned in between the 69th and the 70th week of Daniel. Well, is it possible that the United States can be blasted off the face of the earth before the rapture begins? We know that there is the means to do so. And we know that there is a means of carrying it to the place of destruction, if so, right around Christmas time, our last Christmas, lo and behold, we saw there where they were, began to warn America of impending danger of an atomic attack. And they began to show the United States, the East Coast and the West Coast, and they had a big black margin there from Maine down to Miami. This will be the first ones to get it. Then on the West Coast, from the tip of Washington State to the southernmost part of California, they will get it there. Right then and they, there, they said 38 cities of America are pinpointed for destruction. I remember when I was in Atlanta a few years ago, picked up the Atlanta Journal, and in about the H section, it says, When the nuclear bomb falls upon Georgia. See? The folks are knowing this, and we're just keeping all this up, and every time we get a broadcast, we put it down, the date, and all the contents of what that broadcast was, and when we get the paper, we get it, put it in our library there. And this is what this article said. We know that 38 cities of America pinpointed for destruction as far as we can find out. Atlanta is not but one of Robin's air bases. And said, should... Uh, a bomb of 10 megaton capacity fall upon that uh, air base, it would cause a crater three-quarters of a mile in diameter and 175 feet deep to be digged. It would kill, kill everything in the radius of 70 miles. And those that are wounded and so forth on the peripheral will be brought to Atlanta, and Atlanta will be an evacuation center. They're trying to tell us, and we brought this out before, we do know that six, six years ago, eight satellites were sent out by Russia, and they've been going around us ever since, 200 to 300 miles above the earth. Time magazine comes out and lets us know that some of them have 20 guided missiles in each one. Remember a few months ago? When therefore Russia got it out that one of her satellites was coming down, couldn't tell where it's going to hit. Remember that? America was very, very anxious, and so were the other nations of the world, Canada and England especially. And they began to trace that thing down, and so they about pinpointed it, and it came down in Canada, upon a big lake there in the snow and ice. Is radioactive, all right, but it was not one of these satellites of which America was afraid of. They go around us every hour and 37 minutes. Think of it. Since we've been here, no doubt they've gone around us. At the same time, we have many going around 
of the East and West also. Two years ago, we was one of our students there at Western Virginia, and in, in his audience, he has a brother that's captain of a destroyer, and we find out his father is an admiral. We had many of the brass there. When we got through, the young people ran up to these Navy men and said, How many missiles do we have going east and west? And they said, We are not at liberty to say. But we have them. Now, this is coming this past March. And they began to tell us that not only are there 38 cities pinpointed for destruction in America, and they began to show, you might have seen the pictures, Russia's allowed us to take pictures, or we took their pictures showing their nerve center of their operations over there in Moscow. In turn, we've shown ours. And they've shown, therefore, their missiles. Some of them are on the uh, submarines, some are in airplanes. They are directional. Then, of course, they have the big pits where they send them all. And they begin to say that we would be warned for two days by our great uh, cameras up there, many miles above, taking pictures there. It would take two days for them to arm their their missiles and also two days to fuel them. So we'll have two, this is what we used to say, it would give us two days to get the women and children into the center of the United States. But now we find out that they tell us that 78 states our cities are pinpointed for destruction. Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Duluth, and all the way down to St. Louis, Memphis, New Orleans, and spreading about. That is the program of Russia against the United States. It is true that we will make a retaliation immediately. We all, nearly everyone gives the, this opinion that Russia be the first one to punch the panic button. Mr. Ford, when he was in office, when he heard that, he said, why don't we punch the panic button first? It is true that the one who retaliates will have time to retaliate if it's just a matter of hours. In two days, we can get everything prepared and have our missiles and all them armed. And then when they release theirs, then we know it'll just be about an hour and they'll be here. Then we can release ours and the retaliation will be havoc. Oh, how terrible it is. Now, this is what, now you get this in your uh, Time magazine and so forth. And they said this was the philosophy about bombing six years ago. That the reason why one holds on and does not bomb, we're afraid of the retaliation, will be such in a gross condition that therefore just blast them off the face of the earth. But says Russia has come to this thinking. There's come to this thinking. Why not bat it out like two uh, boxers just uh, pounding each other until one is completely destroyed? So therefore, they say, yes, we can be number one. Let America come back number two. We'll come back number three. If she's still there, we, then come back and we come back till one of us is gone. Now, that is the thinking. America and the thinking of the world is to be destroyed. Will America be destroyed? Will she go into the tribulation? Well, some, this past January, us down in uh, Rossville, Georgia, we were having a 
uh, group there asking questions, putting the answers on the board. One young man, 16 years old, asked me, he said, Brother Cameron, suppose Russia attack us, will we retaliate? I said, yes. I said, uh-oh. I said, you give me the answer. I do not believe that Russia, now this is Cambriology, all of it. I do not believe that Russia will attack America because America will attack Russia. May God. But I said, I read over here in the 38th and 39th chapters of the book of Ezekiel that here comes Russia with her great dictator, king, whatever you call him, Gog, with a many, many in his great army, horsemen, riding horses, using staves, shields, spears, bows and arrows. There, that's, there's no ominous program against that. And she comes in when Israel is weakened. She doesn't have an army. She comes in like a cloud and covers the land. But I say she comes in strong. She's not weakened at all. But I find out in the 38th chapter, the Lord says that he does it. Now, whether he does it by himself or whether he uses the nations of the earth, but he says, I am therefore, after this battle, will pour out fire and brimstone upon the land of Magog. Magog is completely destroyed. But she's not when she goes there in the first part of the tribulation. Consequently, she must not, therefore, and has not attacked America before the rapture, for America would certainly retaliate. Well, Brother Cameron, where do you find the United States? As we begin to find, we find it nowhere, but there are two places that I like for it to be. And therefore, we find in Daniel 11, chapter, that there comes the ships of Chittim that come to the aid of Israel. Now, this great government, it will be worldwide, but it shall be partly strong and partly broken. We find it has the ten toes there, shall have, therefore, the strength of the nine, but it has also myra clay, which is a seed of men, and it cannot mix. So it's going to be partly strong and partly broken. It will not be absolute, as when the Lord Jesus sets up his kingdom, and he shall rule with a rod of iron, even sinners will have to submit to his rule. There will be obedience on the part of everyone when Christ reigns, but it will be a faint obedience, but not so with the reign of the Antichrist. Partly strong, partly broken. I hope the United States that has this fleet over there in the Mediterranean will come to the aid of Israel. Someone is going to. Some, some years ago, 1974, Reader's Digest, August, said the greatest airlift in history. When the Yom Kippur War occurred in 1973, Israel lost nearly everything she had won in the Six-Day War of 1967. She lost 600 and some odd tanks in a few hours. Her air force was knocked out of the sky, so she kept her few remaining airplanes underground. She lost 2,800 men in the Six-Day War. She only lost 400. 
Losing 2,800 men is equivalent of the United States losing 200,000. And at Vietnam, we lost 50,000. There was a great howl over that. But what would it have been if it had been five times more, four times more than that? Israel lost. Oh, she lost. And we know that Mr. Nixon and the United States began to fly these big old C-5 Lockheed planes, one and two tanks in each one of them. One man told me this, that he was in Rowan, not being part, uh, Norfolk, when they began to load these planes, and he said, we did much in three days, as people used to do in three months. He said, we loaded those things, especially the LL planes, 747s, with every kind of equipment you can think of and ammunition, flew those things back over, and Israel regrouped, and then it went over there to Cairo. That's when Russia says, stop, if you don't, we're going to send our soldiers down there. Mr. Nixon said, if you send one soldier, you'll fight the United States. Nothing was done. Now, we find out the greatest airlift lift in history. Another one we know about is after World War II, when we had the great airlift to take in supplies, including kerosene, coal, wood, food, clothing, to West Berlin. And oh, what a time. What a time that was of Americans sending all the supplies, keeping West Berlin alive. But then, we had this great airlift, 1973 and 74. God says over there in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation that he's taken her, Israel, into the desert. We know, according to the 16th chapter of uh, Isaiah, it's Petra or Petra. Plenty of water there. But there he will feed her for three and a half years. Dr. Green said he believes he's going to feed them with manna again. It's right in there where, where Israel got the water the second time. It's right in there, the last year of Moses, and the, when Aaron died, and you can see his sepulcher right there, just before you go into Petra. Could it be that, that God will feed them manna again like he did? And the time of Moses could. But you know what? I wish he would use the United States. We've had plenty of experience flying our, our parachutes into there. You see, you can't bomb them out because of the thousands of feet of rock above them. And these caves can take care of a million people. Plenty of water, but they need food, clothing, medical supplies. Could it be that God, when he says, I do this on many occasions, he did it through the armies of Israel, can it be that he had used the United States to feed Israel for three and a half years? That's the only intimation we have of the United States. The thing for us to do there, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, and as much as we know that we are not, have not labored in vain in the Lord. What we must do is preach the gospel as never before, to be a witness everywhere, to start schools, to start churches, to start every kind of thing for God. Oh, go out as missionaries. We not have much time to do so. But we should be occupying till he comes. What of America is in the hands of Almighty God? May she exist 
and become one of the nations that shall come from afar to worship the Lord, the Feast of Tabernacles, every year during the millennium. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Make It Clear and to today's special guest, Dr. Mark Cameron. My name is Stan Pons, and I'm your host and president of Florida Bible College. If you'd like to know more about Florida Bible College and how it has classes on campus, online, and even on site, please visit our website at floridabiblecollege.com. That's floridabiblecollege.com. We're also very grateful for all those who support Make It Clear. It's through your prayers and financial support that we're having such a local and global impact with the truth of the gospel that so clearly states salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. Well, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior and you would like to be a part of helping us get this message out to others, you may send your gift to Make It Clear, Post Office Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. That's Make It Clear, Post Office Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Or you can go to our website, makeitclear.org. That's makeitclear.org and use the secure donate link. You may also request your free devotional called The Word for You Today. Well, thank you so much for listening today and be back next time for Make It Clear. Listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Make it clear.